Oh, hi. Hey, I can't. I'm I'm Bold. not next to the mixer anymore, so I had to stand up and turn down the music. This is this is very confusing. So for, for anybody listening, they don't know, but Adam, and we're Wild. not going to tell you. So no. the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> no, so Adam is he's sick. Yeah, but our studio's in his house. So uh, I haven't actually seen him. I just walked into his house. All right. Did did, did you no, see him? No, he. I I did see oh, him. I saw him briefly. Uh, before he left, he went out. I think he went to go get some cold meds or something because he's right. feeling under the weather. It's not COVID. Thank goodness. He's just... Uh, High five. I said the C word. I know. But it's just a cold. I was, I was talking to him. I was like, people forget that you can still get a cold. You can just get <laughs> sick. Yeah. Like, I personally have loved the pandemic because I haven't been sick in two years because everybody's been protecting themselves to try and not get sick. So it's been, like, fortunate for a lot of people because people forget that colds exist. That, uh... But he caught one. I was enjoying that fun time. It has since ended um, with Leo. But yeah, so haven't seen him, but it's an enormous show today and it kind of sucks to not have him. But so we were we were talking on the way here. Uh-huh. I called you just to be like, all right, so it's a kid's table show. These are always I'm just I want to make sure everything's OK. Yeah. And we were going through all the important stories and we realized how many there were. And then both of us noticed at the same time. Because we were both listening to 32 Thoughts. Oh, <laughs> Matt Murray. There's a goalie who makes six and a quarter million dollars who's on waivers right now. And we f- it's like the sixth most important story. The former one of the top five goaltenders in the entire world. Not even like young goalies, just top five. Just period. Back-to-back cup champ. Stanley Cup winner. Yep. Yeah, just he's now on the uh, Belleville Senators, are they? He's going to report there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can just drive up the street to that's a great point if sportsnet needs any matt murray content i can go get it for go them. see matt murray i'll just go to belleville yeah i'm probably the closest sportsnet employee so that's that's a drive for you over to belleville it's like an hour when you're driving these canadian winters are you keep your big jacket on big black puffer jacket on or do you take off your jacket and put it in the seat next to you and then sit in the car and drive. So, Adam Wilde, I wonder why he's sick, likes to drive in his t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a sociopath. And then you blast the heat, and then you're fine. It's like you're, it's like you're in the middle of summer. Yeah, but like, <laughs> how does his skin not just, like, crack? Like, at right. the slightest turn to the left. <clears throat> oh, I split into half because the- I drive in my t-shirt. So, what are you? Uh, so, I wear my coat, but um, I think I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to be sweater, though, not uh, not friggin' T-shirt, <laughs> because for the first time in my life, I have a seat heater. Right. And it's great. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Bad back, seat heater. Great stuff. Um, and it, yeah, I was a little I was ooh, a little warm on the way here, but I'm not cranking the heat. No, no, you're not heat all the way to the end of the no. dial. And then you're sitting there in shorts and a T-shirt. I like turning the heat off in the winter, to be what? honest. Yeah, because I don't I don't like the, what it does to my note. Oh, God. It hurts my nude. <laughs> it's too dry. The, it's true. The dry air hurts your little nosy. I need a vaporizer. Yeah, you need a humidifier for your car. I, a humidifier is the right term. I said vaporizer. No, no, vaporizer is something else. I need less of that, <laughs> apparently. 
Um, Jesus, where do we start? Okay, let's start. Let's start with the Montreal Canadiens. That's the most important story of the day. I want to start with the Leafs personally, but I think <laughs> the audience would be upset with me if we started with the Leafs. They'd be so right. They'd be so right. To be upset with me? Oh, yeah. I'm a Leafs fan, and they're to me, they're like the seventh thing I want to talk about. Okay, but point on that. People don't give the Leafs enough credit. We'll get to that in the in the second segment. But let's let's delay the Mark Bergevin talk. <laughs> when the Leafs are doing well, there isn't enough conversation about the Toronto Maple Leafs, and right. I want to be the the swerve to that. I want to talk about them too much when they're doing good because when they're bad, there's so much coverage about it. Where's the national media on the Leafs? Non-existent. Non-existent. Never are. Never are. Uh, okay. Hot take Tuesday. The media doesn't care about the Leafs. At all. Or Toronto in general. <laughs> Stop talking about Saskatoon. We're sick of it. Um, let's do the Canadians. Let's do the Canadians. So, obviously, Mark Bergevin gone. Uh, Trevor Timmons gone. Mm -hmm. There was someone else. Well, Scott Mellonby resigned. Yep. Which was separate from all that. And there is someone else gone. Paul Wilson. Paul Wilson. And uh, Jeff Gorton was brought in to be this strange hockey operations role it, it sounds like he'll for all intents and purposes be the interim gm because mm -hmm. i don't know who else is going to make the decisions because there's no one left really do you want me to run down the reporting that elliot freeman did and yes that'll break down the timeline and that'll take us to present day because this is it's wild how it happened because this has been rumored forever so how did it happen so let's start at the stanley cup run Stanley Cup run. We go that far back? Yeah, let's all take right. it all the way back. Let's put a little context on this story and set the scene here. Montreal Canadiens do a surprise run to the Stanley Cup Finals. Season ends. Everybody's kind of shocked. They ask Bergevin, hey, you're going into your last season. What's the deal? You're coming back. How's it going to work? Bergevin at that press conference is a little wishy-washy. He says, in a perfect scenario, he'll be back. Now, I remember that. And I remember not thinking anything of it because that is just standard good negotiation tactics. Mm -hmm. Like you're not like, yeah, I'm going to be here and I'm going to take a discount and I'm going to do this and do that. Like Nathan McKinnon, for example, when he's like, oh, I took a discount to stay in Colorado and I'm going to take an another one next contract. Well, now when he very doesn't because he's not. Mm-hmm. We're all going to be like, what, whatever happened to that there, Nate? What did you say? Whatever happened to that? Yeah. Mark Bergevin, stone cold. So I didn't think anything of it. Apparently Jeff, Jeff Molson did. Jeff Molson's his buddy. Since 2012, that's been his GM, and they've been tied at the hip ever since. He hears that, and he's like, what the, the, you're my guy. What do you mean in a perfect scenario? This is the perfect scenario. You are here forever. We Mr. Came Bergevin three wins of the Stanley Cup. What are you talking what do you, about? What do you mean? There's, yeah. there's, you're not going to be here in a perfect scenario. So, next things that happen, Logan Mayu happens at the draft. It's a media mess. Uh, Jeff Molson, who did admit that he knew the draft pick was coming, he did admit that in an interview. He, but he didn't realize the media storm it would be. That happens in the summer. We fast forward over to training camp. We're skipping over the offer sheet. Because it didn't oh. seem to have, <laughs> it didn't seem to have a play 
in this uh, firing, but it also happened. Deneau also left. That also happened. There was yep. all, the Montreal Canadiens seemed to have a story every single month of the offseason. Oh. So we fast forward to training camp. It's still a storyline that Mark Bergevin doesn't have a contract. And it's really the only, it's the main thing that the media is talking about. And it especially, it, it amplifies because they start off so poorly and they're so bad. So now the media swirl in Montreal is the team sucks and Bergevin's not coming back. And from the Chris Johnston show, the CJ show, that was, it was a, it became a free space on the CJ show bingo card saying Mark Bergevin will not come back. And then it became Mark Bergevin will not finish the season with the Montreal Canadiens. I listen to our shows, everybody. It's, it's very good. And I can't wait for today's. You're a good CEO. You know what's going on at your company. You got to Yeah. That's my version of micromanaging. It's just listening and leaving everyone alone. Um, and it's just going, good job. That was a good show. But it wasn't an every show occurrence. So I'm listening going, what, so what are we waiting for then? I know it's early in the season, but what are we waiting for? So Jeff Molson sees that there needs to be a change. Something needs to happen. And the negotiations with Bergevin kind of stalled because, as Friedman reported, Chris Jury in New York got $4.5 million is the reported number he got. And the offer to Bergevin wasn't anywhere near that. So it didn't seem like Bergevin could have uh, come back for at any number that the Molson uh, family was happy with. And also, it seemed to be time for him. Because yeah. of the pandemic, because of how long he's been doing it, nearly a full decade, it seemed like he wanted to move on. So all of that happens. And about three weeks ago, Bergevin recommends Scott Mellenby to be the new general manager. His right-hand man, former captain of the Florida Panthers. Yep. The current AGM of the Canadians at the time. That's he fine. recommends him to uh, Molson to be the new general manager. Scott Mellenby begins negotiations for the job. Hey. He has conversations. He thinks, hey, this is my I'm here. This is my new job. And this is where it gets really dramatic. So at some point between then and Saturday, Jeff Molson changes his mind. He says, I'm going in a different direction. I'm going to go out and reach to reach out to Jeff Gordon. Saturday at 6.30. But who did he tell? Nobody. Nobody. Saturday at 6.30, Elliot Friedman sends out a tweet. It says that Jeff Gordon is in talks with the Canadian for a upper-level management role. At that point, that tweet, that's the first time Mark Bergevin learns that Jeff Gordon is talking with Jeff Molson for a job with the Canadian. And Scott Mellenby. And Scott Mellenby learns that they hours, found out at the same time we did. Hours later, Scott Mellonby resigns. Saturday night. Sat after, after Friedman's tweet that Gordon is essentially going to be the president, uh, Scott Mellonby resigns. He reads the tweet, does not sleep on it, <laughs> and just up and quits. It's unbelievable. He's, he was surfing Reddit slash anti-work, and he's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done here. No two weeks notice. That's bullshit. They wouldn't give me two weeks notice, so he just quits. He, he hands over the SpongeBob meme piece of paper that everybody's doing on TikTok yep. now when they when they quit their job. I, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> so he does that, and then Sunday afternoon, the Canadians announced that everyone has been let go. They had hoped that they would be able to hide everything in secrecy until Monday. So I assume the, that means they wanted to hide it from Bergevin and uh, Mellenby. 
or they were just told them sometime on Sunday once Molson confirmed it up with Gordon. Probably that. And they got so close. Oh, gosh. But they, hours. they got hours away. So then that whole thing blows up Saturday. Nobody really knows that's happening behind the scenes. And then um, today, Gordon speaks at 11 a.m. We're recording just before uh, kind of when he's speaking. So we don't have the reporting on that right now. But he speaks today at 11 and then I'm going to read the statement that came from the Molson family on minutes Saturday. ago for us. Yeah. So, so this is what they released when everybody got let go. It said, uh, Jeff Molson, owner, president, chief executive officer of the Club de Hockey Canadien, has announced that Mark Bergevin, executive vice president and general manager, Trevor Timmons, assistant general manager, as well as Paul Wilson, senior vice president of public affairs and communications, have been relieved of their respective duties uh, immediately. A process to recruit as soon as possible the team's next general manager is underway. While the next general manager will bring significant hockey expertise to the organization, an additional criteria that the person's role will be to communicate with the fans in both French and English. To assure the continuity of day-to-day hockey operations during the process, Mr. Molson has retained the services of Jeff Gorton, who will serve as Executive Vice President, Hockey Operations. And essentially... GM for now for now Mm -hmm. which I so I I got a few texts from disgruntled Habs fans but they're not like they watch all the games but they don't really read the news and they're like how do do I feel about this and I was like well Gorton I mean you look at the the New York Rangers and all the success that they're having that's Jeff Gorton he's not there anymore he did have a few hiccups nobody's perfect but their young core and Artemi Panarin, which is not part of that, but they gave him a lot of money and he's very good. That's all Jeff Gordon. So if you're the Montreal Canadiens, who are not very good right now, and you already have a stockpile of draft picks and prospects, that's good news. I think. it's Jeff Gordon, it seems like, has a universal thumbs up rating right now. Nobody's upset that he has this job. He's in a really unique role. And if this was going to happen, to me, he's the guy. To me, that's good news for the Montreal Canadiens and their fans. It makes sense. And it seems like the position that they're the organizational structure that they're setting up right now is something similar to the Toronto Raptors, where Masai Ujiri is the president and has overall control, and Bobby Webster is the GM. But nobody really looks at Bobby Webster as making the big deals. Ever. I (laughs) I didn't know for like a solid year, year and a half after he was made GM. Yeah, Bobby Webster is the GM of the Raptors, not Masai. So when the next general manager comes in, it sounds like he's going to have a Bobby Webster role, to put it in that context. Interesting. You're going to hire a French-speaking GM, but Jeff Gordon's going to oversee this operation. Jeff Gordon's going to be the hockey man who's going to make the overall, uh, see the organization, uh, see the where the organization is going to go in the future, build the core of the franchise. And then you have the face who's going to do the media stuff. Because everybody keeps saying Jeff Gordon doesn't like to talk to the media, doesn't like to be out there in the open. But he should be running this team because he's the smartest man in the building right now. So they were, uh, 32 thoughts, they were running through some of the prospective candidates. And the, based on everything that we were told about Jeff Gordon and the way he operates, it's it's just crystal clear, will not work with Patrick Waugh. No. It's not going to happen. <laughs> He, oh yeah, Jeff Gordon's going to be like, hey Patrick, here's what you're supposed to do. And he's just going to Ron Swanson, I know more than you, and just tell him to F off. He's not even going to he's not even going to justify it with I know more than you. He's just going to say, my entire life, no one's ever told me what to do. Go F yourself. 
basically. <laughs> um, but then hilariously, they bring up Jocelyn Tebow, mm -hmm. which, God, that's hard. Context for anybody who doesn't know. So Jocelyn Tebow is the goalie who Montreal got in return for Patrick Waugh in the Patrick Waugh trade. And supposedly he's done good management things in the QMJHL, but it's akin to the Leafs hiring Andrew Raycroft as, <laughs> as their GM. Right. And like, right. even if he did a good job, fans would have a really hard time getting past that. A lot of them like poor, poor Jocelyn Tebow. Like he, even if he played well in Montreal, which he didn't really, um, he was Jesus, you're the guy who's replacing Patrick Waugh. Raycroft is your GM. Kessel's your head coach. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Something along those lines. And that, that just made me laugh. The one that seems to be the one that makes the most sense uh, or, you know, one of the most likely candidates is Danny Briere, which I think is very interesting. And the assistant general manager right now in Tampa Bay. Uh, Matthew, uh, oh, Darsh. Darsh. Matthew Darsh. Yeah, his he, name has been brought up. A he bunch seems of to be like the front runner for the young pick, you know, of the, the CJ young, brought him up. Yeah. young, uh, inexperienced GM, but who knows the future, you know? And that's an interesting one because Julian Breezebois is very clearly the one who got away. Mm -hmm. Like they really wanted him. Uh, so why not get his like apprentice? I suppose it seemed like that's why Tampa, he got the job so quickly in Tampa was because they knew that, Oh, somebody else is going to hire uh, Brisebois. He's going to Montreal. If, if we don't give him this GM role and Eisenman's moving on, let's just quickly do this. Sho uh, shovel Eisenman out of there and give him this job. That was a, that's such a great example of Tampa making hard decisions quickly. It's okay. We're okay. We're letting go of Steve Eisenman <laughs> yeah. who had done a very good job for them, but they were like, Nope. We're moving he on. He built that first for the Stanley Cup winning team. Whatever. I don't have time. Don't have time. Go go be with the Red Wings, Stevie. You know it's going to happen eventually. It doesn't make sense. Tampa, what are you doing here? You're Steve Eisenman. Go be with the Red Wings. And uh, they lock up Brisebois, and he's forever the one who got away from Montreal. Mm -hmm. And it's not like uh, Stevie Y needs the cups. He didn't need to stick around to get his ring. No. I, that's a, <laughs> he's got enough. Yeah, that's a weird one. Because, like, I don't know. It feels like. This is a separate conversation, obviously, but it yeah. kind of feels like he should get some kind of recognition for his work with Tampa, mm -hmm. but he never will. He left too early. He, yeah. Like, how does, does someone have to be the GM? When does a GM have to? Okay. Montreal wins the Stanley Cup this year. This year. Let's just say they win the Stanley Cup this year. Do any of the people they let go yesterday get rings? I know. No, that's absurd. I'm, it's their team. They built it. Yeah, that's not how GM role works. I'm just saying. So let's, uh, let's focus in on the pieces that were let go. Yes. So Trevor Timmons is yes. most famous for not being able to answer a question and having the world's longest pause. That is his um, recency bias legacy. Um, he was known as like a pretty good drafter. And then people, you know, on the internet went digging and they're like, actually, no, he's not uh, really. But that was, that was something that it caught my attention yesterday because uh, now with the Logan Mayu draft pick, we have hindsight, which is not something you ever have in the moment. Mm -hmm. And having hindsight on it made it so much simpler for me because a lot of people tried to justify that pick. And 
well, have, have you know, he's, he's young, he made a mistake, and, you know, don't, don't people deserve second chances? And why are you trying to justify this draft pick? They can't even do it. <laughs> What are you trying to justify this draft pick for? The Montreal Canadiens, the team who picked him, when asked why they picked him, when he specifically asked not to be picked, couldn't answer the question. Couldn't find an answer, yeah. And Trevor Timmons has been in that job for a long time. There was there were there were some tweets yesterday, people not quite reading the room because they've known him for a long time and he was a pleasure to deal with for them and everything. I think nearly almost 20 years. Yeah, that's it? a very long time. Yeah. That's a very long time. To be in any job. Yes. Like in life. Yes. It's an extraordinarily long time. Uh, but the recent thing with him is that damning, damning clip. It's awful. It's really bad and no one wanted to hear any Trevor Timmons well wishes yesterday. And it's because of that clip. This is a person that you shouldn't know the name of. This, is, this isn't this is a, a public-facing person in the organization. He's, he's, a, he's a scout draft guy. You know, he's, he's on the floor. He's making tough decisions to pass them along to the GM. And you never want him to make news. And he did this offseason. And I wonder... They speculated on 31 Thoughts. We keep bringing it up because Elliot Friedman did wonderful reporting on this story. And they speculated if the Mayu pick had anything to do with all of these three gentlemen being let go. And, like, I don't see how it couldn't. Well, so the GM is supposed to be the representative of the owners. And the owner shouldn't be blindsided by anything. Uh, you know, hey, you're about to make this pick. This seems like it could be a controversial thing. I need you to sell me on this, right? I'm willing to bet Mark Bergevin sold Jeff Molson on it or their staff or whatever. They had to collectively sell this to the owner and it immediately blows up in their face. And if you're Jeff Molson, first of all, you're an adult. You should know better. But <laughs> like second of all, like that's the reason you hire people and employ people is you want their expertise. Like what, what do we always say about owners and what are we shouting about with the Aquilinis? You don't know what you're doing. So hire people who do and get out of their way. So that's an example of an owner hiring people he trusts and he has a, a long working relationship. And I have a long enough working relationship with you that I trust you're going to make the right decision here. So go ahead. And it explodes immediately. And if you're Jeff Molson, how do you not feel kind of betrayed? If that makes sense. I trusted you. I trusted you. And look what you. happened. You sold me on this yep. and we look awful. And now I got to, I'm on the eighth hole. I'm not even at the ninth hole and I got to step off and I got to issue a statement. Mm -hmm. You interrupted my rich person life. Isn't the whole point of being rich that I don't have to worry about anything? And you screwed it up for me, Mark. I think it comes down to... It wasn't just that one incident. It was everything that we outlined before this. And it all rolls into a giant snowball and Bergevin's done. You know, it seemed like it, it just came to be it, it's time, especially with the start of the season, especially with the money, especially with the magical playoff run that ended with a offseason of turmoil and then everything before that. Like it's been it's been an exhausting tenure for Bergevin. And that leads to my next question. How are you going to remember this? Like, there's so many peaks and valleys oh. with this Bergevin run. Like, 
even when you go back to when they had, it looked like they were going to make, go, going to the Stanley Cup with uh, Carey Price in uh, the year they lost to the Rangers in the Eastern Conference Finals. He got fourteen, in, fourteen, and when probably should have when he got injured in Game One, yeah. and then they lost that series in six games. Yeah, and then there's the PK trade. The Pacioretty trade, yeah. The the Suzuki pick, like there's so many, there's so many things Suzuki that happen. Trade, trade. <laughs> there's so many things that happen in Berger's tenure. I guess that's just the what happens when you're at an organization for eight years. But how do you look back on this, and what moments do you uh, stand out in your mind? Oh God, I was just, I was just thinking about some, and I'm not even going to scratch the surface. I don't think he. It's a wonder he lasted in Montreal for as long as he did because he's had several general managing careers worth of de- of decisions and moments he, he doesn't have to gm ever again <laughs> and you could write a longer book on him than you could on most gms with twice his tenure um remember john scott's career ended in montreal that's correct i completely forgot about that so that whole john scott all-star fiasco the montreal canadians were involved in that um, he came in. I don't remember if he made the Alex Galchenyuk pick, but they were really bad in 2012. They get Galchenyuk. And I remember at the time saying Montreal's not this bad and they're about to pick a really good player and then they're going to be good. So sure enough, lockout shortened season. Montre- uh, Mark Bergevin comes in. Montreal plays great and he looks like a genius right away. Mm-hmm. Right with the lockout shortened season, I can't remember how well they did in each individual season. I don't remember if he did the Ryan McDonough trade because that would have been bad. Um, so he would have picked Galchenyuk because he became general manager in May, and Galchenyuk was drafted that uh, draft year. So he would have been their first pick. Yeah, his first pick ever would have been Alex Galchenyuk, third overall. Wow. So he made that pick. Um, I remember there was there was um, some controversies with Galchenyuk. Um, hazy reporting. So I'm weary about saying exactly what was said. But basically, Galchenyuk had to apologize to the media for something that wasn't really his fault. Um, there was the Zach Cassian uh, incident. Remember, he got into a car accident no. or something. Uh, it was it was like really early in the morning and he was basically immediate i don't think he ever played a game for the Montreal Canadiens again he was traded right out of town the whole the PK Subban saga from start to finish day 1 to day trade day, oh my <laughs> god um like uh that was that was one of the first things he did if i remember correct or it was it was in the first within the first 18 months of him being a GM is he has this young developing superstar defenseman. He bridge deals him. And as the story goes, as I understand it, Subban said, all right, when my contract is up, I'm asking for $9 million. I'm asking for nine. So don't be surprised when I ask for nine. So he wins the Norris (laughs) in, uh, in a season where he missed games because of a contract holdout. He wins the Norris, his contract's up after, t- after two seasons, and he asks for nine. And Bergevin goes, what? That does where do you get nine from? I don't know, <laughs> two years ago when I told you I was going to ask for nine. And what are you supposed to say to the reigning Norris Trophy winner? Like, and <laughs> beloved in the city, no trade clause. And for everyone, 
who said, no, no, no. PK getting that wing in the hospital is his no trade clause. What we learned from that incident is the only no trade clause is a no trade clause. So maybe he should have asked for 8.5 and a no trade clause <laughs> because uh, even even getting a wing in the hospital uh, doesn't do it for you. And fans hated that move when it happened. We Do you remember the, what we did with... Uh... Andrew Berkshire, who's now the host of Game Over. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> can, do, can you tell the story of how we raised money for a children's hospital? Uh, for the Montreal Children's Hospital? How did we do it? I remember that we did it. I don't remember what I happened. think it was just in honor of PK being in the trade. Uh, we said we were going to raise a bunch of money, and then we bought a giant check which, yes. for Berkshire to bring to the hospital. And he brought and he it did. there. <laughs> and yeah, so we donated money to... Uh, it was the listeners. The listeners donated yeah. money to uh, that hospital in Montreal. Shea Weber is eventually named captain. And then you look back on that trade and you're like, Bergeron might have won that trade. Yes, but remember in Subban's first year in Nashville, they went to the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> yes. So, and he had an unbelievable couple of years before his back seemed to give out. He did, yeah. I uh, Well, and now he's having a, a decent year in, in New Jersey. And he still makes $9 million, but so does everyone else. So it's, it's less noticeable. Um, uh, for the first, I want to say at least two seasons, it looked like Montreal might have lost that deal. The first year I remember, I think Shea Weber had better numbers in the regular season and people went, oh, look at this. But Montreal was garbage and Nashville went all the way to the cup final. So that was kind of negated. Um, but also, I'm never trading P.K. Subban. And that'll be... I mean, if we're eulogizing his time as GM of the Montreal Canadiens, you can't not bring up, I'm not trading P.K. Subban, and then he trades him. And he never seemed to like Max Pacioretty, ever. Nope. The Montreal Canadiens under Mark Bergevin for a long time, it felt like every year he picked one guy to be on the shit list, and we're going to talk about trading you all the time. And we're never going to actually do it until we do. And then there's going to be a media storm for your entire legacy that you're here. And everybody's going to wonder when you're going to be traded. And then eventually we're going to trade you. And then he trades Max Pacioretty, trades the captain. Again, in a way that people didn't really appreciate. I don't know if it was the classiest way. And I remember Pacioretty had to switch agents. Because I want to say his agent was Pat Brisson, who was like friends with Bergevin. Um, Pacioretty didn't think, I think there was a deal worked out with the LA Kings to send Pacioretty to LA and Pacioretty, I believe fired Brisson and then went with Alan Walsh of mm -hmm. SDPN, not at the time, but recently, uh, of SDPN <laughs> and that trade ends up being awesome, mm -hmm. <laughs> like really, really good for the Montreal Canadiens, gives them Nick Suzuki. And if we're talking about how a trade or uh, a GM after they're let go, how do they, uh, th their legacy is how the team does within the next two or three years. I mean, they're bad now, but Cole Caulfield, uh, Norlander, all the draft picks that they have, Suzuki, Caden Primo, there's still a chance. I I'm forgetting lots of guys. Uh, Jan Mishak, who's an Alan Walsh cl client. Um, they have so many guys. They have so many guys coming up and uh, so many guys still to come when they're picked. And another thing that was uh, 
floated there on 32 thoughts is the possibility. I still don't think it's likely, but the possibility that the Canadians, um, uh, uh, what is the word? What is the word? They basically, um, oh, they renounced the Logan Mayu pick. Right. That was mentioned. Renounce. I knew it started with an R. <laughs> I was going to say resign, but I'm like, that's, that's not it. Renounce. That's uh, That would be a bold move. And like, I think it'd win over some fans and also anger a lot of people. Like, I don't, I'd probably be received kind of 50-50 based on uh, the reaction to when it happened. My bet is whoever gets brought in, uh, they just go, listen, um, the previous GM made this decision and it's my job to make sure I guide him properly and give him all the resources he needs and he becomes the best Montreal Canadian he can. For Molson, that's my bet. Getting rid of these guys is a great way to wash his hands of that situation because now he has a fresh, fresh set of eyes who are like, I didn't make the pick. Oh, you know, it's not my fault. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so what's next? So oh we God. outlined Berge, like that, what you just stated, all those little things that happened throughout his tenure. That's an incredible book. I'm forgetting a million things, too. Like, like eight years of my tenure oh, as <laughs> he exposed Carey Price in the expansion track. Oh yeah, that, we didn't, that happened four <laughs> months ago. We didn't talk about that. Yeah. Also, the Carey, Carey Price contract. Yeah. Oh. Giving Carey Price $120 jillion but, for 20, 20 years is a thing he did. It's a thing he did. <laughs> And it looked real bad. Yeah. And but and also, then they almost won. And then they almost won. And as soon as they almost won, he exposed Carey Price to um, because he didn't want to give up like a second rounder he or, wants, or lose Jake Allen. And he wants Jake Allen so badly that he can lose Carey Price. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that book, if it ever comes out one day, Mark Bergevin's like, hey, I want to write a book about my eight-year tenure as a... Uh, GM or nine years, 2012. Nine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine year tenure as uh, GM of the Montreal Canadiens. It'd be unbelievable. Man, um, what's next for the Canadians? How do you see this process going? Do you see Jeff Gordon stick around for? Um, he's going to stick around for long term. But do you see uh, him not filling the GM role for a while? Um, what direction do you think they go? Do you think they go young? Do you think they go with somebody like Briere? My yeah, they should go young. Mm-hmm. I I think that much was. Uh, obvious from Jeff Molson's words today. They they want a fresh start. Um, and, you know, there's a reason why Patrick Waugh wouldn't work with Jeff Gordon. He wouldn't listen to him. A, a younger person would. You know what I mean? Someone without the experience. Well, it's true. You mean the guy who's notoriously hot-headed and hasn't listened to a single soul throughout his entire life in hockey? I've... I've <laughs> Patrick Waugh. Yeah, biggest air quotes ever met... Patrick Waugh once um, because I think it was the avalanche were in town when he was head coach and he um, he like cut off his press availability early and like stormed out just silently stormed out and no one even I remember looking down I was like an intern like I, I don't know I, I wasn't senior enough to, to tweet that and kick up that mess but I remember being like why is no one re- reporting this everyone's like oh that's Patrick that that happened yeah that was part of the reason why I never thought Patrick Marlowe or Joe Thornton would ever come to Toronto is another time I was at a morning skate. Um, they were off the ice changed and out of the building before people even had their mics out. Oh, wow. Because they just didn't want to talk to the media. And I was like, what? What? Like, we're not going to make a bigger deal out of that? And the media, everybody who's senior is there like, oh, we know it's, it's just guys. Yeah, well, stuff. well, because you got to once they're gone, you got to move on. 
okay, well, they're not here. So I got to, uh, I got to talk to Brent Burns. I got to talk to who's a local guy. I'll talk to Joel Ward. He was with the team at the time. Uh, uh, I was about to say James Reimer. He wasn't there. He was on Florida at the time. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. here. Uh, they're going to go young. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like Briere or Darsh. I'm not sure who. And then after that, I, I don't know when they make that decision. Um, if I were them, I wouldn't want to dawdle after you would make it quickly. Yeah, I, I would want to. Okay. And, you know, what if you were Jeff Molson right now, wouldn't you want a moment's peace? Sure. And you think signing a new GM brings just you that piece? Get it done. Yeah. Just get it done. Or what you could do is the piece is silence and you just don't do anything for a while. And even if the Canadians continue to lose games, which they will, um, it's, I don't know about accepted because losses are never really accepted in Montreal, but everyone understands it. Mm-hmm. No one's calling for Bergevin's head. No one's calling for Timmins head or change in the front office because it happened. Who are you shouting to be fired? They, they just fired them. The season done. seems to be like, hey, it's a wash. It's done already for the Canadians. And on Wednesday, when I do my uh, awards for your team has done awards, they're going to be on the list. I'll give you that tease right now. The GM getting fired is usually the kiss of death there but it's it's an even bigger storyline for them i think as an organization because they host the draft this year and they might have the number one overall pick in montreal so right now it's about just sitting on your pick and you're going to make it in front of all of your fans and this long storyline is going to keep going until june 20th or whenever the draft is and they're going to walk on stage and the new GM is going to be there. And he's going to make the pick. And it's going to be a reminder of what a terrible season this was after coming off a Stanley Cup final appearance. Yeah, but once you make the first pick, no one cares. Right. It's, you know, most teams, they finish last and then get the first pick. They go, hooray. If you pull a Red Wings and you're awful, you do your best to be awful. And you get the fourth pick every year, you, you, get, you get kind of upset. Do you think they'll be a little upset that they're bad on accident isn't that what you say is the worst thing to be you want to be bad on purpose but you don't want to be bad on accident yeah first of all i i love how much you're annoying people saying on accident i don't know that's how i'm speaking correct english also detroit (laughs) detroit yeah uh i also knew okay so i knew a kid who would say on accident Uh, detroit and he would also instead of saying though at the end of his sentences he would say but what? Like, um, your shirt's gray, but mine's black butt. He would say that. <laughs> that, doesn't make, that doesn't even work, though. But I've met several that, people who do that, and I'm like, what dialect is this? Right. Like, we grew up in the same place where you live down the street. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I hate that. I, yeah, I, yeah. John, I'm sorry if you're listening. Anyway. Um, how, do you, how do you say drawer? Dr- like, where, where I keep my clothes? Yeah. Drawer. 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 You're saying drawer? It, it's drawer. Are you a pirate? <laughs> what is that? Where are you getting that from? My girlfriend makes fun of me for always say drawer. Drawer? It's a drawer. You keep your clothes in a drawer. Drawer. Yeah, see? That's going to bug it. me the rest of the day. <laughs> well, um, I was, I was going to say something. I, I can't remember. Oh, silence except people love their guys. So Jeff Gordon's going to have guys. That's going to include executives, maybe assistant coaches and players. It'll be minor stuff. It's not going to make big headline news. No one's really going to even care. 
But like, even I still remember when John Ferguson Jr. joined the Leafs, he had to bring in Johnny Pole because Johnny Pole's his guy. So I'm wondering who's a guy because the Rangers had a lot of turnover. Who's a guy from the Rangers who left and Gordon really likes and now he's joining the Habs? I don't know who that's going to be. Because there's those three big positions to fill. Like, Timmons, his, somebody's going to sit in his seat, and I assume it'll be a Jeff Gordon guy. Yeah, it's, I, it'll be quiet. It'll be done quietly. I, I think that's the, uh, the mantra. Listen, we've had a loud few months. Let's simmer it down. Let's, let's get it nice. Let's settle in for the winter here. I'm relieved for Habs fans. It seems like yeah. it's been stress for two straight. Since the season started, it's been stressful. And there's some peace now and some direction. And it's yeah. like, okay, Bergevin's gone. We knew this was happening. As Chris Johnson said on every episode, he's a sitting duck. And now it's done. Yeah. They're, they're, and Breathe. also, they were bad by legitimate accident. Mm-hmm. On the, it. Yeah, yes. on, on legitimate <laughs> accident. The Vancouver Canucks suck, period. Yeah. Period. <laughs> Healthy, they stink, period. In one fell swoop. Yes, they lost Kakanyemi. Yes, they lost Deneau. Different circumstances each. But they lose Carey Price like during training camp or right before it. And Shea Weber was never someone they were ever going to be able to replace. And bing bang right there. Sorry, bing bong. bong. You you lose uh, Weber Price (laughs) right away. And that's not even, that's the tip of their uh, uh, guys out of the lineup problems. So it's... It's not surprising. Mm-hmm. The Canucks are very, Canucks, very different. Shocking. Like, I love the Canucks core, but yeah, and let's not get into they the shouldn't Canucks. Be th- well, we will. We will. But, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot more. Habs fans are handling it pretty well because they're like, eh, we sort of knew. It was a magical run, and then everything kind of blew up, and now here we are. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're making enough of Elliot Friedman blew up the... Montreal Canadiens <laughs> with a single tweet. 24 hours earlier than they had hoped. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's wild. And Scott Mellenby saw that and went, I'm done. Did Scott Mellenby cost himself a whole bunch of money by not getting fired and resigning? Isn't that the thing? It's always never resign because then you don't get your package or whatever. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so the, the theory... Loaded on 32 thoughts that can you tell we both just listened <laughs> is he uh, has some familiarity with the Canucks because he worked under Mike Gillis back in the day and they're going to need a new GM. So this is another thing. There's so much uh, tumult in, in the hockey world, uh, especially with executives and guys who may or may not get fired. Like four executives just freed up in a weekend. There's positions There's pos- that needs filling. There's positions that need filling, and there's, and there's guys. guys. And there's guys. Yeah. There's guys. It's uh, uh, hold on to your butts because in 32 Thoughts, the blog, uh-huh. Frege said it's about to explode in terms of trade talk. Well, what has this all done to that? Is what I want to know. Listen, as a content creator, give me that, <laughs> give me that spicy content. I can't wait. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I can't wait for us to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we're going to do it right now. Let's do it. The Toronto Maple Leafs swept California. For the third time ever. For, is that, the, is that how, how many times they've done it? I don't remember when the other two were, but yes, the third time ever. They beat opponents by 18 to 4 in the middle of their road trip. Both those numbers rule. They never trailed a game at any single point of their entire road trip. That's four game road trip, not just the, the four game. Yeah. They went four and zero on the road trip, three and zero in California. Never trailed at a single moment in any of those games. They finished with twelve wins in November, the most in a calendar month in the one hundred and eighty four million year history of the Toronto <laughs> Maple Leafs. And they're tied for first in the entire NHL and have the most wins. The Toronto Maple Leafs are the best team in the NHL right now. They're certainly the hottest. They're the hottest, and they're probably the best. They have the best <sighs> goaltender. They have... One of them. Uh, I believe it's in seven straight games. Jack Campbell has not allowed more than two goals. I think I was at the game, the last game he did. Since he has entered the league, he leads in save percentage, wins, and goals against average. He is the best goaltender in the National Hockey League since he has become a full-time starter. You know what kills me? I think I was at the Leafs' last legitimately bad game. <laughs> Were you? Yeah, I was at the, the home game against the Kings where they lost 5-2. And Trevor Moe oh, Yeah, that was probably their last like terrible game. <laughs> it's the only game I've been to <laughs> this season. Are you in on the Toronto Maple Leafs being the best team in the National Hockey League? Being the best team is aggressive. Being a vastly improved team from last year, they <sighs> just say you're don't back make in. me say it. Oh, they look like a contender. What do you mean a contender? Of course, they're contending, yeah. But are they a legitimate Stanley Cup? Hey, this is amongst the five teams because really, when you look at the standings, you're like, okay, these five teams are really have a chance at the cup, right? Are they in that class now? Well, who do we got? Who do, who do we got? Who are the... Off uh, the top of my head. Let's, you're let's doing... look at the top 10 teams in the league by okay. the NHL standards because the amount of games played is screwed up. The Panthers are in there and they're in the same division, so mm-hmm. that sucks. Uh, Tampa's in there by default. Um, thank you, Andre Vasilevsky, giving me my first fantasy uh, win. Oh, you won this week? Yeah, he got two shutouts. Hey, it was awesome. Steve Dangle's fantasy team, everybody. Let's go. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Leafs, Panthers. Uh, who, who else did I you got? To say Washington, Tampa, 
Washington with, I didn't realize how good Ovechkin was doing. He's on a 71 and 71 pace. He's on pace for 71 goals and 71 assists. That's so dumb. He He's gotten better. This is could be his best season ever. And he is at his oldest age. And I always come back to uh, Ryan Lambert's Sidney Crosby is a vampire rant. When he went on some, I don't even remember who it was. One of the Steigerwalds had a radio show in Pittsburgh where he baselessly said Ovechkin. He basically implied Ovechkin could be on steroids. That was like a <laughs> decade ago. Right. And now he's a 36-year-old man on a 70-plus goal pace, and you've already said the steroids thing. Ten you years to, ago. <laughs> you get to play that card once. Yeah. You get to play the he might be on steroids card once, and you played it way too early. What are you saying now? Yeah, you say it now. People might go, ah, you know, <laughs> he could, I don't know. But you did that 10 years ago when he was putting up 60. You can't. Yeah. You can't now. So no, he's, he's, the, he's doing something. He's like the third... Oh God! I gotta f- here. Okay, go go. I'm, t- I'm gonna list the. Teams. I got a text. I got. You're text. trying to do off the top I'll, of your I'll head. Find it. I'm gonna do the teams for everybody. Sure. These are the ones who I'm putting. Hey, if I have to do the Stanley Cup odds, these are the teams I'm grouping in the top five. Here, I got my. You number. got it. I got my number. This is from Julian McKenzie. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin just became the third player in NHL history to score ten goals and ten assists in a calendar month uh, month at the age of 36 or older. Who are the first two? My guesses were not Gretzky. I said mm. Mario Lemieux and Peter Stastny. The answers, Gordie Howe and Tamu Solani. Oh, wow. Yes. Very good. It, he's, he's, he's unfathomable how good he is. He's doing something at his age that only two other people have ever done. Mm-hmm. And they're Tamu Solani and Gordie Howe. Like, that's the company he's in. So Sorry, Washington so the gets... In that group. So they're the fourth team there. I'm going to list it for you. I got Carolina. Yep. Absolutely. I got Florida. Okay. I got Tampa. Yep. I got Washington. Yep. I got Toronto. Sure. Yep. I'll say yep. And I want to leave out Edmonton and Calgary. Ooh, that's interesting. But why why are they in there? either of those crack it for you? I give it... I th- I'm throwing in Calgary because I think through the West... They can make it out because the West seems like such a weaker conference than the uh, Eastern conference right now. I think there's a way for them to sneak through the West with the way they're playing. We harp on postseason hockey so much on this show. Yeah. The way they're playing, I think that's a postseason team. I think they can do a lot of good things uh, heading into the playoffs. And there's a way for them to sneak through the West and make the Stanley Cup final. So I was going to throw in Calgary and then Edmonton. If McDavid and Drysdale do what they do in the regular season in the playoffs, if that ever happens, then they're the best team. So what's the conversation we're having? Is it who's the best right now or who's going to win the cup? Because to me, the who's the best conversation is in November or at the very end of November. It's closer to the who's going to win the president's trophy than who's going to win the cup. No. So you're talking cup. I want to I want to cut a line between these are the cup teams who I'm like, these guys have a legit shot right now of being in the cup finals. And I'm putting Toronto in that group. And that's the conversation I want to have. It does Toronto fit that group. And then sidebar, probably dropping Edmonton and Calgary out of that. But those are my f- top five teams. See, because Edmonton's cooled off a little. Yeah. And like they're, it's just, it's not even that they're bad. They're not. It's their flaws are just showing a little bit more. 
with injury. That's why no one wants to put him in that group because they haven't proved it yet. And that's you why also I'm like, don't get an injury pass because they happen. Injuries aren't an excuse in the NHL. Every team has them. Uh, they are, but like also tough shit. <laughs> like <laughs> they're definitely an excuse. Like, yeah, the Leafs lost John Tavares. That's a good excuse, but tough shit. The win a game. Yeah, win one <laughs> out of three. Any one of the, anyway. Don't do a spin around at Travis Dermott. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. do the Leafs are they in that are they in the cup conversation? Look how they're playing. Well, and I've highlighted it the last two LFR videos. They're playing so differently, and they're finally giving Sheldon Keefe what he wants. Matthews had a tip in from standing in front of the net. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't risk it top cheese over a goalie. Nope. He tipped it by blocking the net and screening the goalie. And yeah. Postseason hockey. You forget he's 6'3 and like 220 or yeah. something like that. So he does that. There was a goal. So last night was the Sharks. No. Last night was the Ducks. Mm -hmm. The night before was the Sharks. Sorry. It's, I'm so glad the California road trip's done. <laughs> I'm so jacked about that. The, the night before against the Sharks. Matthews was directing traffic, I think, again. Whichever game it was. It was the one where Bunting throws the puck back to, I think it was Brody. Doesn't matter who the defenseman was. Fuck it. The, one of the defensemen has the puck at the point. They throw it on. And in front, there's Bunting on one side of the net. There's Matthews dead on and Marner's on the other side. They're trying to generate a rebound there. And if there is one, it's going in. It's going in. So it's not even just the tip-in goals. It's they're actively trying to generate chaos in front. Uh, that's helped Wayne Simmons get a couple goals over the last couple games. He's looked great. He's a great. Michael Bunting, I mean, Nick Ritchie is doing fine in his role. He's never getting top line back. Mike, it's Bunting all day. It's his. Yeah. He's, he's clearly the best one they have. The Muzzin pass to Marner to Bunting? That was my favorite play of the year. Really underrated game for young Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Um, last night because he had that. Um, I don't know if he called for the pass, but he seemed to be the orchestrator. And the, the feathered backhand sauce to Michael Bunting was disgusting. It was so <sighs> good. And he had another goal. I can't remember who scored this one because all these games are blending together where there were five. It was the Ducks game. There were five Ducks going into the corner. And he came out with it, which is, it's probably sloppy play from the Ducks, but you're going to make mistakes. And right now the Leafs are capitalizing on all of them. They're capitalizing on all of them. They've made their goalies' lives so much easier of late. Last night was not a good example of that, I, I thought, actually. Um, Outside of the first period. No, dude, they allowed 20 shots in the third. Is that how many it was? Yeah, and a lot of them. It's... It felt like the game was all uh, like done though by by the by the time the third period started to me. But there were just tired. There were a <laughs> solid five minutes when the Ducks did end up scoring where it didn't feel done. Mm. Like it wasn't just that they scored; it's they scored and it feels like they might score more. Um, so you know, not every team is going to play a, a perfect game. Like that's one thing I've learned watching the Lightning so much over the past couple of years in the Islanders. That guys, they're not perfect. Like hockey team, the best hockey teams make mistakes. They don't go 82 and 0. Yeah. Like one, one thing I came to really appreciate about the Islanders, especially in their series uh, with Tampa, this was more so the bubble year than last year. They could defend with 
any team in NHL history at the cost of generating literally any offense whatsoever. <laughs> but like, when they do get a little offense, they got a goal. They had one game. I can't remember when it was, but I, I couldn't believe it didn't go to quintuple overtime because I was like, okay, Tampa's just going to try to attack and the Islanders are going to stop it. And we're going to do that until four in the morning. We're, it's going to be awful. And we're all going to have to sit through it and they're ruining hockey. But um, in Tampa would make dumb mistakes. Um, that's how they lost one of their games against Montreal. That was Vegas's entire loss against Montreal was them playing the dumbest hockey I've ever seen. I, the way Vegas played in the third round last year made me wonder how they made the playoffs, let alone how they even got that far. And like, you know, the Colorado Avalanche were supposed to be this juggernaut and they lost to Vegas who I was just shitting on. And I didn't even put Colorado in that list we made. Yeah, and like they probably should be there, but probably should hot. be there, and and they're hot too, mm-hmm. and they're the Leafs' next opponent, so that'll be an interesting. That's gonna be a really good game. Yeah, that'll be an interesting um, litmus test. Um, and yeah, Tampa, this perfect structured team, played six regular season hockey games against the Florida Panthers last year. Like that was stupid, dumb, high event hockey with uh, a lot of goals. So I'm saying all that to say. Sometimes the standard for Leafs fans to say that the Leafs are good is to pretend like every year the two teams in the Stanley Cup final are it's like go it's like Goku versus Cell. They're these two the two most powerful being in the universe when really it often ends with like I don't know Piccolo <laughs> against like one of the Ginyu Force, like it's it's really sorry. This is really yeah. Dr- no, nobody a is lot getting of people this. understood at that. Like five percent of the audience, if that. It's it's at least thirty. That's a deep cut Dragon it's Ball Z reference. At least thirty. I don't know if it's thirty percent. <laughs> the best teams in the NHL, the final four teams yeah. who are left at the end of it all, have flaws. So you're looking at the Leafs right now, and you're going, "Well, I don't like how Justin Hall's playing." Jake Muzzin still hasn't had a very good season. I still have questions about their depth. You know, what happens if Jack Campbell gets hurt? Well, every other team in the league has these questions. So that's a really long way of saying, gosh, do the Leafs look like a contender? Ah, yes. They do. But do you understand why it hurts my heart to say that? Yeah, because there's a lot of problems going on. There are people like talking shit to me today, like, oh, you're hopping off the bandwagon. And I'm like, I want to be like, can I borrow $1,000? And then a month later, when I have not paid you back, can you loan me another thousand dollars? Don't worry, I'm going to pay you back. That's the Leafs. And then another month later, Uh can I have another thousand dollars? Don't worry, I'm going to pay you back, even though I haven't paid you back for the other two thousand dollars. And you do that for 50 years. And you do that for 50 years. (laughs) Stop being Leaf fans. Stop being so robbable. (laughs) Stop being so scammable. Like, listen, Mm -hmm. I wish I could be more like you. (laughs) I'm just happy. I'm happy too. I love watching them play, and it and it, it should be mentioned, Kasha, who's become such an important part of the team, didn't play the last two games, and they played the exact same way. Mm-hmm. It looked good. I love. Uh, we mentioned it briefly, but Bunting is fantastic. He's had one hell of a little run here. Someone posted uh, Bunting's five on five stats up against Zach Hyman's, and he's better in almost every category. Looks really good. Which is crazy. And I'm certainly, listen, you give me a choice, same cap hit, I'm taking Iguodala, <laughs> and then I'm taking Zach Hyman, uh-huh. uh, obviously. But 
bunting's been fantastic yeah it's there's been, been really really good no drop off there since richie's been moved down and bunting's been put in it's, it looks like the same amount of firepower as we got last year so yeah. i'm very happy with that there's um mike rupp told a story on agent provocateur oh did he? um yes <laughs> which everyone should listen to that episode it's really good but basically um he expected to get a certain position in the new jersey devils organization and he didn't get it and he reacted poorly to it and it was suggested to him that part of the reason he didn't get the position that he wanted was to see how he would react to it see what he's made of see what he's made of yeah. michael bunting hey bud this is it you're in the top six with the leafs you're either playing with matthews or Tavares. your life rules and he played pretty well then he had like an off week. He's in fourth liner purgatory. Mm -hmm. And he did look bummed about it, but he scored. He kept scoring. And then he gets his chance and look how fired up he is to be with that group. I'm just saying the Leafs might know what they're doing. We have to talk about Mr. Evander Kane and the situation he is in in San Jose. He's Feels been, like we have to say that at least once a month. <laughs> yeah, every couple weeks uh, he comes back up. He's been assigned to AHL Barracuda. And this is the uh, statement from the interim GM. They have for, an interim GM? Yes, because uh, Doug Wilson has taken a health-related leave of absence. That was lost in the whole Bergevin conversation. He currently has COVID. Yeah, Bergevin can't be seen in public or do anything because oh he has COVID. God. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Doug Wilson's on a uh, temporary leave of absence. So the interim GM said, at this time, we just decided since he's a contracted hockey player, it's the best thing for him to continue to play hockey. The best option for that right now is is the Barracuda. So Kane's down there. And his new agent said that he will report. Dan um, Milstein. Dan Milstein. I will uh, get that here. Here it is. Kane is apparently committed to getting back to the NHL one way or another. He recently changed agents from Craig Oster to Dan Milstein, who said on Twitter that his new client would, in fact, be reporting to the Barracuda and is looking forward to resuming his NHL career this season. I'd be fascinated to know what his deal is with Dan Milstein and his agency. Mm -hmm. One because, report. Oh. Well, the, the reason he's changed agents is his previous agency is suing him. For missed payments? Yeah, supposedly, or so something along those lines. They're involved in a lawsuit against him, yeah. Oh, gosh. One report in the New York Post, though I think take it lightly, suggested that an Eastern Conference team might be interested in acquiring Kane's services. That or any deal would almost certainly involve the Sharks retaining up to half of his salary, the maximum allowed in collective bargaining. So... so I think we can talk about Evander Kane and Matt Murray at the same time. Yeah, let's do that. Because they're two really big money guys on waivers. But two extremely different situations. Mm -hmm. For context, uh, Matt Murray was assigned to uh, Belleville, 27, second year of a four-year $25 million contract, $6.25 average annual value. Man. So, he's had a really tough start to the season. 0-5. Well, not, not just on the ice. He's had a really bad start to the season on the ice, but I, I believe he's coming off an injury. He was yeah. sick to begin the season. 
and then later got COVID, I believe, mm-hmm. or- and left the team for some undisclosed reasons briefly at oh, the I beginning. I remember that one at the very beginning of the season. Yeah. So and then Evander Kane's season never got started. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference is the red flags around both players are extraordinarily different. Uh, Evander Kane's are. I mean, do do I need to, guys? Like, do I need to? You know, you know them all. Um, for God's sake, a lot of legal issues there. Um, a lot of uh, you know, might have to show up in court for this. Might have to show up to court for that. But he's really good at hockey. Mm-hmm. He led the San Jose Sharks in scoring last year. He was the best player on the San Jose Sharks. He was the best forward on an NHL team last season. Yep. And then there's Matt Murray who has none of those red flags, but hasn't played well in like three years. Memory might not be good anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, a team took a risk on Tony D'Angelo, for example, with the Carolina Hurricanes, and he's a point-a-game defenseman right now. Uh, Teams will sign guys who are reportedly assholes, if they think they can help them. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident Evander Kane could help a hockey team. You know what I mean? So I to see him traded and to see to see a team really take advantage of a situation because they'd be they'd be getting a player who scores at a seven million dollar click for like half price. And it from seems the San like Jose Sharks. Kane does all of the right things when it's publicly facing. Like right now in the statement, his his agents like, hey, what an he's, interesting way of phrasing it. Okay, he's going to report. He's going to do all the right things. And when he's in the media, when he's on the team, he scores the goals. He shows up to press conference. He does all the right things. But the trouble is behind the scenes. It's with his personal life. It's with his teammates. It's never anything that everybody sees unless it's reported on or it blows up so much that it leaks into the media. So I think another team's like, hey, Kane's doing all the right things now, and they might get fooled, or it might actually be the case and bring him in. I definitely see Kane getting another job. I do too. Well, And, okay, this is probably not significant enough of a difference, but this is me just spitballing here. You know what Evander Kane gets to do in the American Hockey League that he uh, doesn't get to do in the NHL? Make more money. He doesn't have to pay escrow. Oh, that was the thing when Wade Redden, remember Wade Redden, he was making like six million dollars or something and he got sent down to the minors, I think for the New York Rangers, the Hartford Wolf Pack. He was making it was like six and a half million bucks, but he was making more actual dollars in the AHL because there was something he didn't have to pay into. I think it was escrow. So I don't know if that's still the case. <laughs> so does Evander Kane only want to play in the AHL so that he can make more money and pay back his debts? Well, I mean, the 20-game the <laughs> suspension. Now he's just working to get back up to even, right? Because I imagine he wasn't paid for those games. Yeah, no. God, just what no a way. nightmare. What a nightmare all of it is. Um, I don't know where the hell he goes. It's, you know, they say Eastern Conference team. I'm wondering who the hell would want him. Uh, this is just my tinfoil hat. I'm, I'm, this is baseless and I'm talking out of my ass. But I do find it very interesting that he was put on waivers. There's talk of an Eastern Conference team potentially wanting him. Mm-hmm. And Mark Bergevin got fired. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. No one That's reported a- that. 
That's wild speculation. It is wild. I already said that. Yes, yes, yes. It's wild speculation, but it's just interesting. Did so, uh, I just think it's funny how. <laughs> did somebody do some poking around to see what could be there for the Canadians? I mean, there's lots of Eastern Conference teams. There's lots of them. Um, 16, to be exact. Yeah. Matt Murray, on the other hand. Uh, does he get a job anywhere? Here's the thing with Matt Murray. that So remember he got 6.25 mm-hmm. and... The crazy thing about that number is it was more than Jakob Markstrom got. And Markstrom was the best goalie available. Now, Markstrom did get more money technically because he got six years. So I think it was six times six. uh, And Murray got 6.25 times four. But that number doesn't fall out of the sky. That number comes from a lot of people want you. And he was bad last year with Ottawa. So were so it was basically everyone else, um, at least in net. Are the teams who were interested in Matt Murray a little over a year ago still interested? It could happen, but um, Ottawa eating money is not something they enjoy. Mm-hmm. They don't like paying people not to play for them, and uniquely his contract, the money goes up. In the next two years, because there's two years left. Yeah. After this. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know. You mean the actual cash amount goes up? Yes. That was another. Yeah. Can you look it up? That yeah. I'll bring a, it up on Cap Friendly. 32, I didn't point. know that. And yeah. they disagree on why he's bad. Matt Murray seems to blame like extraneous circumstances and everything around. And the senators kind of just think it's his play. Well, so here's the thing. It's not just that he's bad and he's getting sent down to become better. He's bad and it's a bad situation. So he thinks he could have had a better season, but there were all these, you know, I got sick. I got sick again. You know, this happened, that happened, whatever. Also, if he goes down to the minors, beyond being grumpy, which he obviously clearly is, I'm not saying he won't, I'm not saying he'll be unprofessional in his conduct, but... Sometimes it's hard to hide your feelings. The goalies that the Sens are developing down in Belleville. Well, what happens there? I don't think it helps anybody to have a $6 million goalie in the minors. You know, what's the point of all that? You're supposed to be playing your young guys. They're supposed to be in the AHL developing. And now you got an NHLer who's like, I need to get my reps. Especially if you're the Sens who are magically in a year where the Buffalo Sabres and Arizona Coyotes exist in last place. They're the worst to you. How'd you pull that off? You have two teams. That, the Coyotes don't have players. How? Yeah. How are you last? The salary, by the way. Oh, is by the way, the answer is COVID. $6 million this year in cash he's making. Next year, he makes $7 million in cash. Uh, the following year, $8 million. Oh! So, yeah, the, whoever brings them on is going to have to pay that amount. And, and there the, are teams who won't be scared by that. But someone like the Arizona Coyotes... Uh, who need a goalie. They do. It's not happening. And he's not only happening. 27, and the contract is definitely an Ottawa tax. Like Should Ottawa. prime. Yeah, Ottawa had to overpay to bring him into Ottawa, and then, yeah, it's coming back to bite them. 27 should be in his prime, just like you said. Two-time cup champion. What happened? See, he was brought in to be the guy, and unfortunately for him, he's making the guy money. I think a tandem would be great news for him and do wonders for him. You know who's having a resurgent season in sort of a tandem setup? He's, but he's like clearly 1B. Martin Jones. 
He's been great in Philly. Him and Carter Hart, yeah. And they're not even, like, you know, the whole thing about the Sharks is their defense is garbage. Oh, yeah, and so he went to the defensive stalwart Philadelphia Flyers. No. He's just maybe in a better situation. They have been uh, bad of late, I know, but... <laughs> yes, yes. It's um, weird. They've been good. He's been good, I should say, but the team has been... Uh, a little bit of a losing streak there. I feel like goaltending league-wide has been extremely good because there's a few teams struggling that are actually getting good goaltending. Mm-hmm. Even you, in Vancouver. Yeah, they're getting good goaltending. It's Thank you. That's who I was trying to think of. It's uh, the Canucks and the Flyers are actually getting good goaltending. And then there's teams who are getting really, really good, good goaltending and succeeding, even though maybe they shouldn't, like the Rangers. Mm-hmm. They give up a lot. <laughs> they give up a lot, man. So, Sturkin, maybe everyone was right. That's George Vesna right there. <laughs> That's George Vesna. Okay, we got to get to uh, two more things. One, I think the most important story out of the whole weekend. Brady Kachuk got his finger bitten. Yo, that was... <laughs> I can't believe that. I, I want to I wanna outline the backstory of the Kachuk-Brendan-Lemieux feud that's going on. First of all, it goes all the way back to... What's the year? What's the year? That's the Sabbath. Well, it goes 19, back to 1996. 1996, yeah. I had to pull up the year. World Cup of Hockey, when there was a brawl on the ice, and both of their fathers went at it. So, uh, Canada versus US, USA. Uh, Keith Primo versus Bill Guerin was on the ice, and then Claude and Keith also went at it. Two guys named Keith going at it. <laughs> Person. One Canadian, one American. So that happened 26, um, 1996. I keep saying 2016. And I assume this is passed down from their dads to their sons. I assume Claude is like, hey, Brendan, we hate the Kachucks. Go and, punch his face. And Keith said, hey, we hate the Lemieux. <laughs> Go punch his face. So then in 2019, they fight for the first time. Oh, this isn't even the first time they fought. No. So, um, actually, I've, I've skipped one. I've skipped. There's this, that wasn't even the first time they fought. I had a whole list here. I got to keep to the list. Go in order. The Young Stars Classic in 2016. I'll bring up the video here. Like the uh, junior game? So, it was an all-star game no for juniors. The Young Stars Classic. Matthew. Jesse's showing me right now. Matthew gets on top. For everybody uh, listening, Matthew gets on top of Brendan. They're teenagers right now in an all-star game for prospects. And he beats them. Oh, wow. He beats them down. So they've, they've been going at it since they're teenagers. And he's cross-checking them in the back while Matthew is doing this to Brendan while he's down on the ice. It's very dirty. It's, uh, it's a crazy thing because it happened in an all-star game. You don't expect this to happen. Oh, I so, don't know that because it's, uh, it's Jets versus Flames, it says. Yeah, that's when they were kids for uh, their prospect game. What? Yeah, so that happened. So 1996, their dads fights. 2016, they fight. 2019, they catch each other again. This time, it's MSG. Uh, it is 6-2 Ottawa. They start jarring back and forth. They go at it. Lemieux is with the Rangers now. Brady Kachuk, obviously, with the Sens. They start picking a fight on the ice in the corner there. Uh, they don't have a full-out fight. They just kind of have a little shoving match, and then the refs separate them. But they're clearly yelling. 
they're clearly upset with each other. The game's out of hand. Like Ottawa's uh, clearly going to win the game. There's only six minutes left, and they start jarring, and they both go to the box for the rest of the game. And then we get to 2021, and they're still going at it. And then this weekend, Brendan and Kachuk get into it again. And Brendan Lemieux, supposedly, it's kind of obvious now, bites Kachuk on the hand twice. Oh, he drew he drew blood. <laughs> he drew blood. And, like, it's very obviously a bite mark. Mm-hmm. And then post-game, Kachuk uh, gives the statement of a lifetime. And we will get to Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, I was about to say, can you read it in Gilbert Godfrey's voice? And so Gilbert Godfrey will read this to you afterwards, but I'll read it to oh, you. Oh, can we play that? You want to play it first? Awesome. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll read it, read it and then it. we'll play it. Yeah. Okay. Sure, I, have sure. the, I have the audio set up so we can do it. Amazing. This is the one. This is Kachuk speaking post game about Brendan Lemieux uh, biting his hand twice while on the ice. While they were tussling on the ice. This is the one time I'm going to answer this, said Kachuk. It was the most gutless thing somebody could ever do. This guy, you can ask any one of his teammates. Nobody ever wants to play with him. This guy is a bad guy and a bad teammate. He focuses on himself all the time. The guy's just a joke. He shouldn't be in the league. This guy's gutless. No other team wants him. He's going to keep begging to be in the NHL, but no other team is going to want him. He's an absolute joke. I can't even wrap my head around it. People don't even do this. He's just a bad guy. It's outrageous. Kids don't even do that anymore. Babies don't do that. I don't even know what he was thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. He's got nothing up there. Bad guy, bad player, but what a joke he is, said Kachuk. Justin Bourne pointing out what I've been saying for a couple years now. Bad guy is the worst thing an NHL player can say about another NHL player. He's an asshole. He's a rat. He's a, he's a scumbag. I hate that guy. Piece of garbage. Piece of shit. No. Bad guy. And then the most fun thing to come out of all of this was that Twitter user Bill bought a cameo from Gilbert Godfrey to read what I just read from Kachuk Postgame. Here it is. I'll play it for everybody. Tuck. Chuck was furious. This is the one time I'm going to answer this, said Doc Chuck. It was the most gutless thing somebody could ever do. This guy, you can ask any one of his own teammates, nobody ever wants to play with him. This guy is a bad guy and a bad teammate. He focuses on himself all the time. (laughs) <laughs> this the guy's just a joke. He shouldn't be in the league. The guy's gutless. No other team wants him. He's going to keep begging to be in the NHL. No other team is going to want him. He's an absolute joke. I can't even wrap my head around it. People don't even do this. He's just a bad guy. Takachuk didn't <laughs> stop there either. It's outrageous. Kids don't even do that anymore. Babies do that. And I don't even know when he wa- was uh, thinking. He just a uh, complete brickhead. He's got nothing up there. Bad guy. 
bad player. What a joke he is to Kajuk. <sighs> he then said, I'm going to throw him down into the cave of wonders where he will live out the rest of his days. Enjoy it. Polly, want a cracker? Here you go. It's just weird hearing the voice of Iago talking about the NHL. I don't know what the, what the reference was. Iago from Aladdin? You don't remember Aladdin? I watched it like when I was six or seven. I don't know. I can show you the world? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. God, Jesse. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't have great memory for the kids' movies. Fair enough. You know? I had to watch them over and over again. Yeah. As, as like a not child. So, yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Then, but there's more. I do know, now that you bring up Aladdin and Iago, yeah. I do know exactly what you're talking about. But off the top of my head, I couldn't like recite it or fair anything. Fair enough. So, there are more <laughs> quotes, though. Oh, are there? Go ahead. Another one today. Sean Simpson from TSN. Jonathan Quick defends Brendan Lemieux while giving Kachuk a shot. Uh, during media availability on Sunday, Quick was quick to defend his teammate and call Kachuk's comments garbage. I have my own opinion about what happened or did not happen last night. And what I can tell you is that any comments that were made about Pep, I guess his nickname is Pep, were garbage, Quick said. He's a valuable player who sticks up for his teammates. We all support him, and I'd rather have him on my team over that kid any day of the week. Oh... I am humbly asking Jonathan Quick right now, this is me, Steve Dangle, talking, to join my fantasy league. If you want Brendan Lemieux over Brady Kachuk, <laughs> please join my fantasy league right now. Are you saying that wouldn't be a good call? I'm saying I think he might just be defending his guy because that's a ridiculous thing to say. Also, he just sort of glosses over the fact, I'm not going to comment over the very obvious teeth-shaped blood marks on Brady Kachuk's hand. I'm just going to say I'd rather have the guy who's currently on my team over the guy who's not. It's a ridiculous thing for him to say. But it's the right thing for him to say. I suppose. Jonathan Quick just kind of talks a lot. He recently was, uh, they were asked about analytics, and he's like, oh, those guys don't know what they're talking about. What? Yeah, and he's like, or someone goes, well, what does matter? He's like, I don't know, like, wins? <laughs> And I just wanted to be like, so for like at least three years now, you've been bad then. Yeah, because they haven't won. Because you don't, you... He'd probably agree with you. I think Jonathan Quick would say, yeah, we're Maybe. bad. We sucked. I hope so, because that's the, well, that's the one that matters is wins, you know, man. Anyways, do you have any thoughts on the... It's going to continue, because Kachuk and Lemieux hate each other, and it's generational. And oh. they've been fighting for uh, nearly a decade now. I'm I'm bummed that we're not going to know the suspension until probably after we're done recording. Mm -hmm. But Brendan Lemieux has the option of an in-person Zoom hearing, which is those that's not the same. But he's going to have a hearing yeah. on Zoom, um, which means the league can suspend him for more than five games. As they should. I think he's going to get the book thrown at him. How much? Ten. Ten. That's a little much. It is a little much. Um, and I bet he would... I mean, L Lemieux could appeal it and have a really good chance at beating it. Hmm. Like, at le uh, having it reduced. Because the precedent is nowhere near that. 
the precedent is why is he even having why is he even having a phone call right now right mm-hmm. um the precedent i think is like two games or something has like there that. been a biting incident before yeah Mar- uh mark savard got one i think yarko rutu got one uh it's happened okay there was it's interesting because there were people defending brendan lemieux's actions like hey you stick your hand in my mouth, I'm going to bite it. <laughs> and that was a popular argument when Mikhail Grabowski allegedly, pretty obviously, bit Max Pacioretty. Now, Max Pacioretty at the time was kind of given a big wrestling fan, Jesse. He was sort of get, getting the mandible claw. Mm-hmm. Just a big, smelly glove. Socko? Have a nice day. Yeah, just, yeah, Socko right in the mouth. I used to have a Socko toy. Did you? Yeah, yeah, the little action figure. You press it, and it'd make the it'd do the Socko thing. That's adorable. Yeah, that's really adorable. <laughs> um, so, but like this is this is a bite. This is a bite. Like I've never been bitten by Iggy, but he has hit me with his teeth. You know, I know the difference. I know the difference when he hurts me with his teeth, and it's my fault. Like, well, I was throwing my hands about. No, no, no. You look at the wound on Brady Kachuk's hand, that dude clamped down on him. He was showing the ref ref the teeth marks. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's the sort of thing you could probably you could probably get away with a bite in, in a lot of those instances. But he bit think of how long think of how long and how hard you would have to clamp down oh. to draw blood on someone's hand. It hurts. Yeah. yeah, he bit the, he bit the fuck out of that guy, <laughs> and that's what like you have to throw the book at him. I think five games. Yeah, that's probably what my my uh, what I suspect is he'll be he'll be given a big one like eight or ten, mm-hmm. and he'll appeal it and get it knocked down to four or five. Okay, something along those lines. But yeah, he bit the fuck out of him, and but what what's great about that, and I sort of got a glimpse uh, at this when I was coming in today. Uh, so my, my parents called and it was a classic call where I was speaking to my mom, but my dad was shouting from the background. They've entered that stage <laughs> of retirement. So uh, yeah, as the way they made fun of their parents, they do the exact same thing now. But um, my dad is, I would call him a casual fan. Like he watches the games, doesn't really keep up with the news, but he remembers Claude Lemieux. Because like a lot of hockey fans, he remembers hating Claude Lemieux. And now Claude Lemieux's kid is in the news for biting somebody. It's the same thing. Like he takes after his dad so, so much. And But it gave my dad a passionate hockey opinion to have. Oh, that's awesome. Despite not really having them. And like, it's not even an in-depth one. It's that, that's a piece of shit thing to do. <laughs> which like, yeah, accurate. He bit a guy. Yeah. But it was, it was just funny to, my dad was like, I understood that reference. I hate that guy. And now his kid does that. I hate him too. You want a piece of shit. You want a piece of shit. <laughs> he doesn't have those uh, those opinions about Keith Kachuk. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, yeah. he doesn't have the, the same illness. No, it runs in the Lemieux family. And these two families hate each other. And I can't wait. I don't know when they play again. I haven't looked it up. I don't but know. But it's going to be explosive. And They're going to fight. There were rumors. Oh, yeah. There were rumors floating on Twitter about like Lemieux not being well-liked where he goes, oh, there is a small connection to our show, by the way. What? So remember, what was the name of the guy who you got a cameo from him? The guy from Too Hot to Handle? Oh, uh, was it Bryce? 
I think it was Bryce. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this Steve Dangle guy. <laughs> I asked my NHL friends. They're like, I don't know who that is. And then someone goes, actually, he's he's telling the truth. He does have NHL friends. On his Instagram. They went through his Instagram. Yeah. And he was on a boat with Brendan Lemieux. Yeah. This is his NHL friend. That's his NHL oh, friend. Oh, wow. So, I don't know. Birds of a feather. <laughs> Maybe birds of a feather. So, Bryce asked Brendan Lemieux about you. And Brendan Lemieux said, you ain't shit. He said he did. He said he did. Well, whatever. Chris Draper was the first player I ever met. So, like, I'm, I'm always... I'm always just going to be at odds with the Lemieux family. I hate them. We have to wrap the show. Oh, dude, we didn't even get to Panarin. Oh, we'll do it next episode. Yeah? Because uh, there is it's a lot more serious than people know. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, Marshan might be getting suspended anyway. For? A uh, slew fun on Oliver Ekman Larson. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, that, that happened last night? This morning. Yeah, oh, wow. It's, Dude, there's so much. Yeah, there's so much hockey news. Like, there's so many good stories and good storylines going around in the NHL right now. It's a it's a fun time. Yeah, there's uh, or a miserable time depending or, on how you look at it. Right. So there's going to be a a big episode of Agent Provocateur coming. Yeah. I can't tell you who the guest is, nope. but it's given that Mark Bergevin was just let go. I have mentioned this person's name on today's show. Can I, can I leave it at yes, that? Yes, that's, that's enough teasing. I'll probably give it away, but whatever. It'll come, it comes out tomorrow around noon, so oh. look out for that. So that'll be amazing. Yeah. Uh, brand new episode of the Chris Johnston Show. Mm -hmm. Cannot wait. I want to hear his insights yeah. on all that. And Julian, who's uh, obviously in Montreal, is really plugged in there. And uh, tonight, brand new episode of uh, Game Over, uh, where Andrew Berkshire is going to talk about whatever happens in... <laughs> Tonight's Montreal Canadiens game, but it almost feels secondary because uh, Jeff Gordon came on board and Bergevin's gone and everyone else is gone. He's going to have the follow-up from the press conference and all that stuff. So yeah, if you want more, even more up-to-date Montreal Canadiens news, definitely check out Game Over tonight. Yeah, and uh, he's going to have, I'm trying to see who his guest is tonight. Uh, he's going to have uh, Noah Bashir and uh, Sam... I don't remember her last name, but she's from the broadcast pod. <laughs> yes. And uh, it's going to be must watch. Oh, yeah. If, if you're a hockey content junkie, first of all, you're welcome to the best network for you ever. Um, but also to the next 48 hours is, is going to be. You're forgetting the most warm important up thing that's you. ever happened in, in hockey. What? On Friday night on twitch.tv slash SDBN live, we aired the 2025 Stanley Cup final. And we're, I'm not going to, we'll get into it on Wednesday and I'll, I want to promote the stream for Wednesday. But um, if you haven't seen it, I won't, no spoilers. Go to our YouTube channel, watch the 2025 Stanley Cup final. It's a good watch. It is. It's a good watch. I saw it. <laughs> I had you on the big TV. Did you? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Steve. I, I had you on the big TV and I was commenting on my phone. I missed, uh, I missed you on Saturday. Just to trade the watching each other on TVs. I missed you watching the game on Saturday. Oh, oh, so you watch Watch a Leaf game with Steve Dangle, but ice surfing, with, that was beneath you. Ice surfing is probably going to go down as one of the worst decisions any media company has ever made. Yeah, getting rid of it. <laughs> Should have kept it. Anyway, I don't know. How does Adam usually end the show? Bye. We can end it there. Can we put, on the okay. laugh. Steve. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.